You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition. Reminisce on your favorite moments, legendary players, and brilliant goals with the UEFA Champions League channel, streaming around the clock on Pluto TV and the CBS Sports app. Welcome into the Illini Inquirer podcast, January 25th. It's a Monday, and for the first Monday in like three or four weeks, I'm looking at my guy, Mike Carpenter. It's Mondays with Mike. We're back. How are you, Mike Carpenter? We're back. Sports in some way, shape, and form is not, at least for Illini basketball. But yeah, it's good to be back, and I think as we get into the swing of things, I'm hoping this last six, seven, eight-week stretch of basketball gets a little bit of momentum going because it yeah. feels so scattered right now. Yeah, I want to dive into Illinois basketball being off for like two weeks, basically. Uh, Brett Bielema's staff, I want to get your impressions as a fan of what you think of this so far as we've been breaking it down on on this podcast and the site for a while. But I uh, want some quick thoughts, Carp. We got Brady, Mahomes, Super Bowl, Bucks, Chiefs. What are your thoughts after uh, the Super Sunday we just had? I felt sick for the Packers and I'm a Bears fan as you are but I felt sick when that decision was made on fourth and eight and and Brady listen he is the greatest of all time if we're going by championship appearances and I think that's totally legit to do but Aaron Rodgers was still the better quarterback yesterday and Aaron Rodgers has been the best quarterback in the NFC for well, God, 15 years coming up yeah. and one NFC title to show for it and that's not his fault and I hate the ball being taken out of the best quarterback in the game's hands so you could kick a field goal and still have to make another trip down for a touchdown anyway. So yeah. it was, I, I've never been as frustrated watching a game when my least favorite team got their hearts broken. I, I felt like that pit in the stomach that something had gotten taken away from what I think you and I would agree is the best quarterback we've seen, Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and even my wife, Carp, I mentioned this in a podcast before with Joey, who is a big Packers fan. Like one Super Bowl appearance with Aaron Rodgers is such a failure. And and it's a kudos to the Packers that they drafted him in the first place, right? That's a bold call, just like Jordan Love it was a bold call this past year. But it's just like, man, like you got to do better than that. And, and I will give Rodgers some criticism too. He was not good in the red zone. And that, that's a no. huge reason they lost that game. But yeah, there were some, the, the losing coaching performances, I don't know if it mattered with the Bills, um, but man, you got to be aggressive when you're going against Tom Brady and Patrick Mahomes. And, and some of those decisions weren't very smart. Um, and I didn't understand the Packers kicking a field goal with just over two minutes left. If you would have gotten there with four minutes left and you kick a field goal, I can, okay, maybe, maybe because you're probably getting the ball back at some point, but uh, you're just handing the ball to Tom Brady and it's what he does um, so well. But it's amazing to me, like as great as they've been, the fact that they've only been in three Super Bowls while Tom Brady's been in 10, it's just, it, I mean, it says how great Tom Brady is in the playoffs, but it also says, man, the Packers are two hall of fame quarterbacks, two of the greatest, at least 10 quarterbacks of all time. Right. They only, oh, yeah, get, they only get to three Super Bowl appearances in the 30 years. Those guys were there. They've had a 30 year championship window and they've made two Super Bowls or was it three? Did they make two with Brett Favre yeah, and they won Favre, one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but regardless, you think about championship window and as a bears fan, it's so fleeting for us that, I mean, kudos to Lovey Smith for having gotten the Super Bowl and he got close in 2010 and, 
2018, but you know that championship window shuts immediately because you don't have the quarterback. And meanwhile, if you're a Packers fan, I would so gladly trade places with one of them because every year they have something to look forward to. But uh, it almost makes it more, or in a different way, crushing knowing yeah. that you should have won more, yeah. yet you can also be happy for what you've achieved. I, I don't know. If I had Aaron Rodgers on, <laughs> on my team as the franchise quarterback, I would be very... I would feel very empty that this is kind of all you have to show for it. I mean, you got one. I mean, it's much better existence to be upset on January 25th that you didn't win that game than we are usually. Like, we barely ever make the playoffs. So I'd much rather rather be in that position, but it's a different kind of pain, right? It's it's more of a less of a numbness (laughs) than we feel. Um, But yeah, it's it's a little disappointing. And the Bills, I mean, I I don't think they should have been happy just to be there. But the fact that Tom, the the fact that uh, the Chiefs are this good again, I mean, there were some some hiccups along the way during the season, but they remind me so much of what the Golden State Warriors were. They, they've changed the game. Patrick Mahomes, like Steph Curry, has changed the the way people play football um, at that level. And Andy Reid, as great of a career as he's had, he's had almost this renaissance uh, in Kansas City that now that he's found this great quarterback and developed him, I think we're in, a, we're in one of those weird spots where, like with Brady and the Patriots in the early 2000s, we might see a team win three of four, win four of six, because they're just that dang good. Yeah, and in the NFL, that's insane because the parity within that league is so much stronger than even the NBA where it's a star-driven league, and you're seeing the defenses as good as they are and as much as they matter. They just don't they don't compare to an offensive Patrick Mahomes at quarterback. So I'm excited for the Super Bowl. I, I wish it would have been, and this is the Bears fans speaking, I wish it would have been Rodgers versus Mahomes. I think that that would have been a more exciting matchup, but – at the end of the day, I can't sit here when Tom Brady's made his, what, 10th Super Bowl appearance and yeah, say that it's awful. all luck. He was awful in the second half, right, for the he most part. He was pretty bad. <laughs> but that's the thing, though, is that eventually it's not just luck. I would yeah. say there's probably – this. you could probably put this in a couple other appearances as a little bit of luck was involved or his team was uh, maybe picking up the slack a little bit for a subpar Brady performance. But the numbers speak for themselves. I will say, though, yesterday there were a lot of Brady's the GOAT and – Aaron Rodgers, I, I don't know if you saw the Rex Grossman one FC title, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> one FC title, which is a total, you know. Do you remember the Trubisky three-year graphic and, and Rodgers three-year? He's like, come on, yes, people, we're yes. better than this. But I think, though, uh, what you're finding is if Aaron Rodgers had been on the Patriots, same thing. You, you put Belichick Maybe. and Rodgers together, it would have been the same thing, if not a little bit better. I think that's that just speaks to the fact that, cliche as this may sound, it is still a team game where right. you can have three interceptions from the greatest of all time in the second half, and it doesn't matter. And he still made big plays. I mean, the throw to Gronk and then Gronk with the run after catch. Like, I mean, he just makes plays when, when they matter most and finds a way to win those games, which is a skill. And it is a skill that a lot of guys don't have. And whether you want to have, like, you know, you can have the greatest of all time arguments and who you like. Like, if I had to drop a quarterback, it'd be Aaron Rodgers. Like if I had to drop a, a, a basketball player, it'd be LeBron James, more so mm. than Michael Jordan. Like that's how I would want my basketball player if I had to create a player. But there's no argument that Michael Jordan in the modern era, which is 80s on, right, is the most accomplished basketball player of all time. You know, LeBron's putting himself in that conversation. But there's no question Tom Brady is the most accomplished, decorated quarterback of all time. He's earned that. And and if you're going to say, who do I want in the playoffs? It'd be kind of crazy if you didn't say Tom Brady because he does it over and over and over again. And I have always loved watching greatness. So to see those two quarterbacks go at it yesterday, even though they were both flawed at times, was just great theater. It's cool to watch 
sports history take place and know you'll you'll never see that again so we're never going to see anyone achieve the same accolades or success that tom brady did and to your point yesterday he did make big throws i mean this is not i remember a super bowl a couple years ago i think the last one they won against the rams and it felt like he couldn't throw past 20 yards and you're kind of pulling your hair out thinking oh he's not that good anymore yesterday he made big throw after big throw including at the end of the first half and we can talk about the quarterbacks yesterday but I mean, the Packers between the blunder on the fourth and eighth where they should have went for it and then blown coverage at the end of the first half, oh. which was essentially Chris Conti, but earlier <laughs> in the game and just as consequential. Kevin King did not have a very good day, did he? Yeah, <laughs> that, was, that was pretty ugly. Uh, last one before we took a quick break, Carpet. We'll talk uh, Illini, of course. Um, so now you're starting to see all these quarterbacks. Like, There's going to be a lot of quarterback churn in the NFL, and it's kind of like musical chairs right now. And the Bears are going to be in the middle of it, right? They're going to get somebody. But while I can sit there and dream of Watson or Stafford, have you settled on the guy that's going to be the starter? I have my guy. And I'm and I'm, I'm not like super excited about it, but I do think it would be interesting. So who's your guy? What, Philip Rivers? I, I no. don't know. <laughs> That'd be a bad, bad fit. Who's your guy? I, have, I haven't it's thought about it too Sam much. Darnold. I think Sam Darnold's going to be the guy, which is he Trubisky? Maybe, but he's not Mitch. Like Mitch can go somewhere else. And I imagine he'll do the Jameis Winston thing, right? Where he sits behind of, you know, an established quarterback for a year. I don't know who that will be. Yeah, I um, and, and they try to get something out of him and maybe he can be the heir apparent. But um, I think Sam Darnold makes a lot of sense because he's been at such an awful organization. I think he's got a lot of talent there. He has shown glimpses. So, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's kind of like switching people, but I think similar skill sets to Mitch Trubisky. Uh, but I think maybe a change of scenery for both those guys can work. So I think the Jets will try and get like a you know second or third round pick out of us. And Ryan Pace has got to be desperate for a guy who can play right away, right? Um, so he can make some sense. I just, I, I don't see the Watson thing happening. I don't think we have the draft capital. I don't know if he'd want to be here with a coach and GM that probably aren't going to be here long term. Uh, and then, you know, the Stafford thing, I just don't see them trading him in division. I think the Niners and Colts will be all over him as well. You know, I, I think Darnold could work. Essentially, like you said, it's trading out one unknown, but we know more about Trubisky. There's a limit to what he's going to do, at least with the Bears, so why not give a shot for someone like Darnold? That is probably low risk. Ultimately, if it doesn't work, you can move on with the new regime, presuming that the Bears go 7-9 to nine and you make a change after next year when Darnold Mooney is your number one wide receiver because he can't hold on to Allen Robinson. You know, you watch these games, and in a weird way, it's like, okay, I get it. You aren't that far away. And I'm not just saying that because you beat Tampa Bay back in October, right? right? But you aren't that far away, and yet you're just stuck in this purgatory where if you don't have the quarterback, it doesn't matter. Exactly. And and, and that's the thing. Like, I, I can see some people, like, sitting there, you know, sometimes they, they say the Bears or you shouldn't, like – the Colts, like I, a friend texts me saying like, why don't they just go with Jacob Eason for a year? I'm like, you can't do that. Like if you don't have the quarterback, no. it just doesn't <laughs> matter. And if you have the chance to get an established guy like Stafford or Watson, you go all in on it. You get stupid with how much you pay. Like I will never, um, you know, Angelo and Pace, I will give them this, right? At least they went all in on a guy. Right, like Angela went all in on on Jay Culler, and I'd do that trade again, Carp. I, and I hope people think I'm yep, crazy for that. But at least you finally went for it, because the Bears for so many years were going with Jim Miller and all these, you know, replacement level quarterbacks. At least you finally went all in on a guy, and eventually, you know, Pace did the same thing. He just picked the wrong guy, and he should be fired for it. Like he should have been fired for it this year. Maybe next year he is. 
but at least they they had the guts to go after one of those guys. Um, my my bother is if we would have like drafted Jamal Adams, who's a good player. Um, at least you drafted the quarterback. You just should have drafted Deshaun Watson. Like that that should have been your guy. He was the layup at the time. I won't accuse them of not drafting Patrick Mahomes, and 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 because no right, one yeah. saw that coming. Everyone saw Deshaun Watson was going to be a starting NFL quarterback, and they just passed him. I mean, he, he proved it at the college level, and it seems so simple. I mean, you see time and time again, and whether this be Matt LaFleur yesterday, I, I think outthinking himself, yeah. or in the case of Ryan Pace back in the draft, and was that the 2017 draft, where he probably got cute, and he outthought himself. He wanted to be the smartest guy in the room when the obvious choice was right there in Deshaun Watson, where no one would have faulted the Bears for selecting Deshaun Watson at three. No one would have criticized it. Celebrated. So, <laughs> Yes, exactly. It, it was the obvious choice, and yet, for whatever reason, sometimes the obvious choice is the one that these guys that are otherwise probably really smart, they got to these positions for a reason, Ryan Pace included, but it is unfortunate as a fan knowing that you are essentially robbed of years of enjoyment because the Bears, time and time again, can't get it right. And here's the thing. They could have fired Pace. They should have, right? Yeah. They could have fired Matt Nagy. We could argue about that, too. But I have no faith that the people at the very top would have made the right hire at GM to make the right hire at coach and then find the quarterback. They just are a top-down mess. Yeah, yeah. No, they they need a change there. But uh, Ted Phillips, for some reason, is just uh, forever employed. I, I don't understand it. Yeah. All right, we got our NFL out. Let's talk some Illini. When we come back, Harp, I'll get your thoughts on Brett Bielema's staff as well as the Illini with a long off period here before they take on number seven, Iowa, and a huge rematch of that rivalry. That's coming up next. The baseball season is in full swing, which means you need to listen to Fantasy Baseball Today, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every weekday as we recap every player from every game. We'll talk waiver wire ads, drops, players to trade for, prospects who could make an impact, and everything in between. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance, avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown, new season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount Plus. All right, Carp, we have broken down this staff of Brett Bielema, and it is clear he has used all $5 million of his salary pool to his advantage. And, you know, after Lovey got a $4 million salary pool, I think he kind of just left some on the table. And obviously the money he spent on some big names, Harding Dickerson and Garrick McGee, didn't work out. So while this is all just on paper, what's your biggest takeaway of, of Brett Bielema and the coaching staff he was able to put together? Just a bunch of college football lifers, guys have been doing it forever. And if there's one difference between the primary difference between what Lovey had, I remember seeing time and time again, the Illini stats and notes Twitter account would put out how many years of NFL experience that coaching staff had, which I understand that's a selling point, though I don't know how successful of a selling point it was. At the end of the day, none of these individual hires for Illinois, what Brett Bielema just got, would probably make an Illini fan individually go, that was an incredible hire. But collectively, what you see are guys that have been at it for a long time at this level. And that's just the primary difference. Where Lovey Smith, when he got Garrick McGee and Hardy Nickerson, I was super pumped up because of the ceiling that I thought those guys would have recruiting-wise. 
I don't know how great of a recruiting staff this is going to be. I think they'll be better than what we had before, but I feel like the basement or the floor was raised exponentially because these guys have done it long enough where I, I expect competence. And there's one phrase that I kind of coined during this last Lovey Smith year. I just want consistent competence. That doesn't mean right away I expect eight and four. I don't know what to expect from this team, even with all the guys returning, but that when this program gets established, you have the staff that is going to turn five and seven into the bad year. And that's really all I'm asking for. And I think a lot of Illini fans with meager expectations about what this program should be, look at the staff and think, okay, well, these guys can definitely do that. What what I took away most carp, and there's so many takeaways from this that I've covered a lot, but Brett Bielema, for for the concerns I think people had about his brash, brazen kind of personality, coaches like coaching for him. Like that's the biggest thing. And talking with people even off the record about you know what they hear about Brett um, is that everyone likes pretty much working for him. Now I'm sure there's certain guys that don't. There's certain players that maybe sign up for him and don't, but. It seems like that's an exception to the rule when you get a, form, a bunch of former players, former coaches he's had before on his staff, and I think that's good. They know the culture. They know the expectations. They can hit the ground running with him. But also guys like George McDonald, who's a established wide receivers coach, and of course the Illinois alum part is, is a huge advantage here for Illinois um, that draws a lot of headlines, but he was a good wide receivers coach at NC State with a bunch of titles, and you were able to steal him away from Dave Doran, who's a really good coach. Uh, and then Kevin Kane, he was a defensive coordinator at SMU, who's arguably a better program than you, even though they're a group of five right now. And you saw him as your outside linebackers coach, right? So not only did Whitman give him the resources and Whitman continues to invest in this program, and of course, some point he needs to see returns on that to make this all work financially, but... Um, Brett Bielema was able to reel in these guys. Like, like Tony Peterson's not a big name, but there's other guys on this staff. Like Aaron Henry was at a Power 5 program. Andy Boo is an established uh, Power 5 coach. Like, these are some pretty impressive hires, especially the last couple, I thought, McDonald and, and Kane, that just made me go, wow. Like, guys like working for him. And Brett Bielema is a really respected coach despite getting fired at his last stop. Which, by the way, he went eleven and twenty nine in the SEC. Arkansas, since firing him, went three and twenty three. So right. I'm, sure, yeah. I'm sure they don't mind. Uh, wouldn't mind having those years back. But his time in the NFL uh, doesn't seem to have impacted, you know, the reputation he has in college football circles. Yeah, I use the word cachet a lot when Lovey Smith was hired, thinking that the cachet that he had would result in a great staff and a lot of guys wanting to work for him. And maybe that was true initially, though that fizzled out. But you made the point there that these guys clearly want to work for him and are accepting lateral moves or even in some cases for lack of a better term demotion when you go from a d coordinator to an outside linebackers coach you might be getting paid more because you're at illinois but you are not calling the plays anymore and you're okay with that because of the guy that's at the top so the brashness and the concerns that i think were relatively short-lived up until the press conference that monday when he was introduced i think we're finding a personality that fits here and that's crucial especially when you consider the last guy every new hire is kind of a reaction to the previous one but more than that you have someone that i didn't worry about brett bielema's credentials i didn't worry about his ability to win but i did wonder since he'd been out of college coaching for a couple years would he be able to attract a good staff around him and he answered that question uh with ease and and i know he had the money and and the the pool to go out there and get these guys but nonetheless you still got to sell them just like you do recruits and he did 
And then you couple that with all these seniors that are coming back, including Noah and Carney that said, I'm out. Yeah. And said, no, nah, I'm just kidding. I'm coming back. To me, there's a buy-in across the board that even I would not have expected. Yeah, I think he's done and said the right things. We're in the honeymoon period. You know, we got to acknowledge yeah, sure. that. But I do think he's doing and saying the right things to everybody involved, right? Like whether it's recruits, whether it's the current guys on the roster that these guys coming back don't guarantee a bowl game, right? But they at least give you a chance, like a much better chance of having some early success, whether that's five wins, if you want to say that, or six wins or seven wins next year. Um, I think they have a chance to to have, you know, a postseason game next year. I don't know if I'd predict them at this point, but at least they have a chance recruits i mean he's got some guys buying in he's got some in-state kids who are like hey illinois is actually showing interest in me and i'm really interested in them um that's a start that you get in those battles again because you haven't been in them since the lovey smith's first couple years right and then the fans and the alumni and the donors i, I think he's saying and doing the right things like i do think he can be a good fit here we got to see what happens on the field we got to see what happens on the recruiting trail in the next couple years but i think carp you know, I was asked to grade the hire when I first saw it. And I said, well, this guy was available. He obviously wanted the job, but I think he's a good fit. So I'll put it as a B minus, right? Like, yeah, it was, a, it was a good hire, but it was an easy hire. Like, you know, it wasn't like, oh my God, they stole, you know, the best coach from the Pac-12 or something like that. Like yeah, that would have been an right. A or something like that. Um, and, and, you know, I thought Lance Leipold would have been a similar kind of grade just because he's the guy who's, you know, the established lower tier guy. But I think we would raise that grade a little bit more. I think he's done well enough to, in his little time here over a month that you feel a little bit better about the hire that Josh Whitman made. Yeah, you said B minus initially. Yeah. I mean, I'd say B plus with the, the room to grow in that A range just based on what they do on the field this year. And I think that I was probably in the same boat, maybe closer to a B, and my excitement was more to do with what he had done in the past but the wait and see approach that I was going to take over the next month to see who did he bring in for yeah. his staff and how many guys came back. And now that he's answered both of those, that just raises whatever grade I would have given him back in mid December. Exactly. So as a fan and looking forward to this fall, however many of us can go in the stadium or not, fingers crossed, there is going to be a renewed excitement and an ability, as you mentioned, and I think this is totally fair to look at this schedule, look at how old this team is going to be, and yeah, there's other teams that are going to be bringing back seniors as well. But for all the, I guess, cautious optimism that we had going into last season, we can ramp that up again. And I think the key difference is that Brepium has done it at this level. And you're pretty much bringing it back, right? You're like, running it, it back with a better, which with I think an objectively more qualified college coaching staff. Yes, and you you know you lose a couple guys that that were important for you, Jake Hansen, you know. Nate Hobbs, Kendrick Green, all that, Josh and Matt Torbebe. But you're hoping that, one, just having a normal year where COVID hopefully is not as big of a factor come the fall, um, yeah. and just you know not having these big questions about your coaching staff and having some non-conference games where you can kind of ramp things up after Nebraska, right? Um, so, yeah, I think all those things come into play. Uh, speaking of COVID year, uh, before we get out of here, Carp, Illinois basketball going to have nine days, 10 days between games here uh, due to Michigan State's COVID issues, not being able to reschedule a game, and I'm sure some hesitancy to play a non-conference game probably played into that. We'll hear from Brad Underwood in the next couple of days about that. But um, long layoff for Illinois before they play number seven Iowa. But my biggest thing is it's like almost, you know, within two games, and, and all these other games are going on with Wisconsin losing again with Michigan and, and their COVID issues um, and their loss. All of a sudden, if Illinois beats Iowa, 
they're right in the thick of like the top of the Big Ten again. So all those bad feelings, if you beat Iowa, all of a sudden could be go by the wayside because all of a sudden you're like, oh, the rest of the Big Ten is going to lose some games too uh, at the top, and we're still really good if we can beat Iowa. So I have continued to talk myself off of the Big Ten title thing, and I always find myself back in. Yep. It's like what, in Godfather 2 or Godfather 3? Once, once I thought I was out, they pulled me back in, and that can happen Friday. I have yet to watch number three, by the way. Do, I don't. Don't bother. <laughs> but uh, I think with Friday, here's the good news as an Illini fan is that we can watch that game in a vacuum, and if Illinois wins, regardless of if they win a Big Ten title or not, you got a marquee win. And I think that's the first step with Friday is finally getting what would be a signature win in a year where right now – Minnesota, Purdue. I mean, Illinois is top 20 in the nation, but I think a lot of that's still fed on the preseason expectations. If the brackets were to come out today, it would be interesting to see, based on what they've done on the court so far, where would this Illinois team be? But you beat a team like Iowa, you essentially solidify yourself again as a top four seed. And uh, you do put yourself back in that Big Ten title conversation with the uncertainty up in Michigan. You know, the layoff would bother me more if it wasn't for the fact that Iowa, they have seven days off yeah. themselves. You got two teams that will have the so-called rust factor. Um, the thing with Illinois that's plagued them this year is, for whatever reason, seemingly not always being in it, mentally not being in a game for 40 minutes. But if you go back to last year, it's clear that they don't like Iowa and vice versa. I don't anticipate the game Friday, even if you lose, will be a result of not not being there and being present for 40 minutes. That would genuinely shock me, even after the subpar performances against Maryland and Ohio State. And you cannot go up against that offense and not be prepared. That, yeah. I mean, Iowa, no matter how much you hate them, you got to respect them because that offense, when they're going, man, they are ridiculously good. Now, the one thing is you have an athleticism advantage out there on the on the wing, right? Like Luka Garza is going to get his, man, and, and Kofi can help stop him, especially in the post maybe. But, man, he's going to stretch him out just like we saw earlier against uh, Ohio State with Liddell. He's going to stretch him out, and he's going to get his. Um, but you got to stop those guards from going off from three, and you got to stop them um, you know, and, and, and take advantage of them defensively because they're not good at all defensively out on the wing. So those guys got to be locked in. You're going to need Kofi and Io to be stars, and then you're going to need your you know, you know know role players to step up and, and have good games. But that's what you have to do if you want to beat good teams, Carp, and, and be as good of a team as we think they're going to be. I go back to last year. It was actually a pretty good matchup, I think, for Illinois to play Iowa because the as good as Iowa was, especially against other teams in the Big Ten, it seemed like those two matchups were about as even as they could be. And I do take solace in the fact that for about a 10-minute stretch in that home game last year, Illinois really should have put the game away. Mm -hmm. There was a heat check three by Trent that was ill-advised, and that kind of fed into this Iowa comeback to pull it within a possession. But you were up by as many as, I think, 15 in that second half. Iowa started making shots. But I think what we saw with the Indiana game at Iowa City is that there is this ability for Iowa to get kind of shook, as the kids say. Like, you can kind of punk them a little bit. But the question, I think, coming into this is while I am pretty confident that Illinois will show up mentally ready to go, um, can they find whatever sort of physical um, swagger they had last year. Feliz was so crucial to that. Alan Griffin, who's having a monster year for Syracuse, ugh, he was part of that too. Uh, I think this team has it in them. Um, but at the end of the day, it's going to be a dogfight. So, I mean, can you sustain that for 40 minutes? I, that's it, It's a season that has just been so inconsistent in terms of when the games are played and then when the games are played, you don't know what Illinois team is going to show up. And that's why this is going to be a game that as the week goes on, I'm going to have a hard time kind of getting up for it. 
I think that makes sense or not. Yeah, no, I think the good news is, is Trent Frazier and Adam Miller have played pretty well here recently. They have. I think those guys are going to be really key. Just have that tertiary score, right? That they can really step up. Um, but yeah, you just don't have a lot of margin for error. And, and IO is, you know, he's got to be all American guy for, for 40 minutes in a game. And, uh, lately we haven't seen that as much, but we've seen some other guys step up too. Anything else you want to add Cart? No, uh, except Jacob Grandison. Uh, if yes. you said pick to quick, I, I wouldn't say that he's going to be the MVP on Friday, but I think that what you saw him do against the zone against Penn state and the efficiency with which he's playing, I didn't expect him to be a factor after the first month of the season, but I think that you saw Underwood went with larger lineups whether it was either uh, Georgie or Hawkins or Grandison out there at the four. And I wouldn't mind them continuing to roll with that because yes. I don't think DeMonte's role is diminished. No. No, he still played a bunch of minutes. Uh, one, yeah. one minute left, Carb. This Iowa team, as you look back in your line, I fandom, like where do they rank among teams you huh. hate the most? It was like early 2000s, Wisconsin in there. Uh, no, early 2000s, Indiana. Okay. Tom Coverdale, Fife. Dane Fife, <laughs> Kirk Haston. Jared Jeff was it Jared Jeffries? Yeah, is that right? Yeah. And uh, there's there's listen there's the white basketball player factor. I'm not going to lie. It's just there's something aggravating about when they don that Iowa jersey or same case of the Indiana teams in the early 2000s. They could shoot the three. They had what we perceived to be a bunch of punks on their team. Uh, it's fun though, and I'm so glad that this rivalry is back where it's at. I say that it's going to be tough this week to get pumped up for it, but I know come eight o'clock on Friday night. When the game starts and McCaffrey hits the first three or something like that, I'm going to grit my teeth yeah. and I'm going to get that venom going again. So it's it's nice that even with this lay, layoff, knowing that uh, we'll conjure it up pretty quick on Friday night. And if you win, that's huge. Yeah. And this team, I think, needs a marquee win. That's going to do it for today's Illini Inquirer podcast. Up on the site today, we've got some great content, including George McDonald, new Illini wide receivers coach, former Illini wide receiver himself, talks about why Brett Bielema uh, drew him back to his alma mater. Joey Wagner will have a piece on him. I will also have a piece about McDonald and his wide receivers room. I have a piece up today about Mark Torresani, the newest uh, Illini chief of staff. It's actually a new position, uh, but uh, get into what the chief of staff does. And Mark, who knows Brett Bielma as well as anybody, working for him for a dozen years already, gives real good insight into Brett, what he thinks he brings to the Illini program as well. So check all that out at IlliniInquirer.com. Everybody have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquirer podcast. a very bright shining light Sarajevo and they needed to kill that light from producers Matt Damon and Ben Affleck explore how art and music sustained hope during the siege of Sarajevo thanks in part to humanitarians and the band U2 U2 they represent a personification of our resistance the Hollywood reporter hails kiss the future moving and inspirational kiss the future viva Sarajevo kiss the future new documentary now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus go to Paramount Plus to try it free terms apply